Welcome, welcome, welcome to Self-Improved. Shalom Aleichem. Happy Friday. I hope life is just absolutely blessing all you guys. And oh, let's get into this. It's been so long. I haven't done this in a long time because I just compiled a ton of podcasts a month ago. So I haven't done this in forever. It's going to feel good. Let's jump right into it. Enough with the intro. Bye. Okay, welcome everybody. Shalom Aleichem. It's the end of the week. We can celebrate. If I sound like I have morning voice, it's because I do have morning voice. I'm doing this right away. And I've missed doing this. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Anyways, I'm kind of repeating what I said in the intro. So let's get into this. Chapter 2, The Way Out of Pain. In the power of now. So I had this Mary's Room moment, okay? The book starts talking about the concept of time, and it's a human construct. Think about it. If you asked the plant what time it was, what day it was, it would answer with one simple thing. It is right now. There is no concept of yesterday and the future for the plant. It's right now, and that hit hard. And that is a perfect example of why we constructed time with our consciousness when we came along as human beings. Eckhart Tolle says that it's hard to stop being in a ton of pain because our unconscious fear of losing identity. So really, in other words, people would rather be in pain than take the leap into this unknown realm and risk losing that familiar identity, which is that of the unhappy self. But how crazy is that? People would rather associate with that unhappy self-identity than to strip it because the self-talk thinks you're going to die. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the pain body concept. This is when your body's taken over by the self-talk or some like parasitic identity, right? Like our unconscious thinking will literally make us do things because we're unconscious. So that's the pain body, you know, and just to refresh your memory, he talks about someone who say um, kills himself and their self-talk and emotions take such control of their body it makes the body kill itself think about that because you are not your thoughts those thoughts take over the body when we become truly conscious we can separate ourselves from those thoughts that is not us and that is why the pain body it's like a parasite it's like a zombie it takes over so to get rid of what Holy deems the pain body which is just being in a lot of pain is to observe the pain don't forget about it and don't deflect it when we observe it it loses its power because of being conscious and there is only peace in the presence so to be really conscious is to be really present hence to be really conscious is to be really peaceful now he talks about later in the book that peace is not happiness It's also not sadness, it's nothing. Peace is just that, no story, no label, no identification. And that released a monkey on my back because I was chasing peace for the sole reason of pure happiness. And then this book made me realize that happiness is another label, belief, identity, and a story. And peace isn't that. Because he says, think about a loved one dying, a funeral. You know, these are not happy moments. You cannot be happy in these moments, but you can be at peace. And that's why peace is not happiness. 
peace is kind of like acceptance, really. So we have unconscious pain we have to deal with, apparently. Again, according to Eckhart Tolle. What he means by that is that there's pain that happened to us when we were so young. And that pain we've forgotten about. But our survival mechanisms as a human being get triggered by these things that we're not even conscious of. Hence them being unconscious. You know, and so an example of this. Goosebumps. Okay. We understand this is DNA at play. It's trying to protect us. The goosebumps are technically trying to keep us warm when we had more hair. But now they don't, they're actually a hindrance. They don't really help at all. That is past trauma that's been triggered by the cold. And we have this physical response and we're aware of it. That is not us. We're not those goosebumps. We're not our past self. That's not us. We can observe it. We just observe it and we're fine with it. Like, have you heard anybody say, yeah, goosebumps protect me? No, it's because they've stripped that identity and belief. Okay, that belief's gone. The goosebumps don't protect it. But we're aware of it happening. So we're at peace. When we get goosebumps, we're at peace. We don't we don't worry. Versus obviously that would mean potential death for a cave person when they're living outside. And a more practical example, I guess, I was thinking of let's say someone gets in a bad car accident and they, they got in this car accident in the winter. So now someone says yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading home. I'm going to drive home. And they have to hit the highway to get home. That person with that trauma, they're not even aware of. It's unconscious from the accident. They're going to be like, no, no, wh- what are you doing? Are you are you silly? Like, Or they might even lash out. They'll be like, are you stupid? What the hell is your problem? Don't do that. Because they don't realize how scared they are. And it's this unconscious trauma. And it's been triggered by just us. So what Tolly and, and what I'm getting to is Tolly says... Our emotions come back. Those old emotions from the accident came up again and caused this lashing out. Okay? And that was unconscious. This person didn't choose for those emotions to pop up. Just like we don't choose for goosebumps to pop up. See what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind when things pop up emotionally. You have to go deep and go, wait, wait. This isn't because of now. This is not because of now. Tolly says our pain body wants to survive. Because it's extremely ego-driven. All our survival slash inner talk says to us that yesterday we're alive. So do what you did yesterday and you'll stay alive. So hence our pain representing us surviving, going forward, seeking out things that to induce that pain. Again, I'll say, I'll say that a little more clearly. Yesterday something was painful, emotionally, physically, whatever. That kept us alive, technically speaking. So we will seek out things that are also painful now. And when I say we, I just mean the self-talk. We'll seek out things that are the same pain. It could be counterintuitive. It could not help you. Like smoking. But we will do it because it makes us feel alive. Now, when you can let that pain pass... Sorry. you're You're in control when you let the pain pass. You start to reframe it so you're not even in pain anymore. And that's perspective, people. Now, notice how none of these things disappear. We're not saying things go away. And this is totally speaking, by the way. He, he says, we're not just saying that we can reframe reality, reframe our perspective, and things will go away. No, no, no. Let things be. Don't push things away or pull things in. Just reframe, create your own world, 
the things will always be there, okay? Some emotional pain when conscious will manifest that feeling of not being worthy or good enough, okay? I'll say it again. When emotional pain, some emotional pain, when it becomes conscious, it will manifest into that feeling of not being worthy or good enough. However, if it's unconscious, it's only felt indirectly, okay? This is out of a place of wanting or needing, aka lack. And our self-talk, our ego, is always in lack. Anytime your self-talk says something to you, it's out of a place of lack, which is not peaceful. According to Eckhart Tolle, of course. Now, people most likely will enter this compulsive pursuit of ego gratification and things like that in order to fill this void, right? That void of not being worthy or good enough. So I love that. Like an, a compulsive pursuit of ego gratification. They're going to search for things desperately, hence being unconscious. Now the self-talk's taken over. They're, they're, they're a zombie running through life looking for these gratifying things for the self-talk. And you're just there as a pylon fucking like in the, in the way. Now, this is why you can't take anything personal. I always talk about this. You can't take anything personal because 99% of people, including myself most of the time, are zombies, parasitic zombies running through the world, ego-driven. Now, when these ego-centric, egotistic, parasite zombie people are running through the world, they typically go after materialistic things to feel the, fill these voids of not being worthy or good enough. Sadly, sometimes they find relationships and use somebody. A question I would want to ask Eckhart Tolle is, do all people that buy materialistic possessions all have a void they're trying to fill? Or are there exceptions? There must be exceptions. Because I believe there's an exception to every rule. There's every, a half truth for every truth. Death is when everything is stripped away except for you. The secret of life is to die before you die. How crazy is that? Then there is no death. And this made me think of the concept. People are scared of pain. Okay, we all know this. They're very scared of pain. Or just the fear of the unknown, which is usually pain. And death itself isn't actually a scary thing. Its representation is scary. And that's why people are scared of death. But I'm excited for death. There's nothing There's nothing freaky about it. Um, it's most likely peaceful if, if we don't identify with anything. Because remember, death is when everything is stripped away except for you. Because remember, we are truly the observer. We are the true consciousness. Everything gets stripped except for that when you die. Hypothetically, it's philosophy. It's not proven. Hypothetically. That is so, that's one of the best things I read. I remember when I read that, that opened my eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is exactly why we identify this stuff is to feel alive. Death's when everything's stripped. The ego does not want everything to get stripped because that means death. And since, uh, and, and you know what? As much as we'll never be able to prove what death's like, we can just do process of elimination. Let's take natural selection and think about it. All the humans that died in the past they died because they they didn't have what we have so because we have all these things and we have the self-talk that kind of tells us that if, if we're so scared of not having identity i think death is that of no identity now the next question is because the brain shuts off do we even have that consciousness 
is there a consciousness beyond the brain uh, that i have a hard time believing but who knows we'll see all right we're gonna move to chapter three hopefully in the next nine minutes i can crank through this chapter but there's just so much dense wisdom and chokhmah in here it's called moving deeply into the now and if you if you made it this far then you're probably not rolling your eyes at these titles let's do this so the first thing he says the ego will attach itself to things in our life to strengthen its illusionary sense of self love it remember it doesn't want to die so it clings to things it creates problems so it never has uh, sorry so it has never ending poles to cling to your ego will create problems so it has never ending poles to cling to the next time something happens and you find yourself saying i this i that that your ego successfully clung to something so it cannot die now jay shetty has a great point he says the ego never dies it just resurrects so you can kill an ego and then it will just resurrect again it's a new baby ego that's been born and you have to teach that new ego how to talk and that that's what i've been doing for the last year i'd say with all this schmaltz i've been teaching my new ego how to talk eckhart Tolle says the present moment is the only moment that exists okay the past and the present don't exist and this you guys might be familiar with this concept but if you're not your mind might be blown here so for people that argue totally says the future is an illusion because it's a thought when we think of the future right we're only thinking of the future that is a present thought when we recall the past that is also a present thought that is a thought happening right now the present is 24 7 everything else is speculation you know this is why and he says when we receive something we still use our past programming this is why lottery winners blow it before we could kill one person with a swing of a club after we invented the atom bob we, we could kill 20 million with the press of a button that quote's powerful because it, i'll say it again in case you can catch it before we could kill one person with a swing of a club after we invented the atom bomb we could kill 20 million with the press of a button be with your current self choose love now so you don't spoil the next gift is what totally says it's very poetic this whole book's very poetic but what what he's saying is that people's programming did not change so when they were able to kill 20 million people with an atomic bomb all it took was one order whereas before that same mentality that same order to kill only would have killed one person because it would have been used with a club so think about it in your life like again really Go deep. Look at your programming. What? How are you subconsciously programmed? And just, I don't know, I guess be careful that big decisions aren't made with the same programming. That could harm multiple people. This is, this is, this is why I hope all political leaders have therapists, like mandatory therapists. Because to think countries rely on all these people's baggage, that's scary. Just remember everyone, everything you ever need is already in you. I was talking to a client about this. Shout out Jason, if you're listening. What a mensch, great guy. Love him to death. We were talking about if someone wants to go on that trip to Hawaii with their family, and if they say it will never happen, it's never going to happen. But then you got to ask, why do they want that trip? And if you ask them why, they're going to say, I don't know, some emotional thing. They're going to say it because I want to feel good let's just strip it all the way down they'll say i want to feel good it's fun it's i want to make a memory i want to have fun with my family can you not make memories and have fun with your family and just project complete love in other ways why, why hawaii why the expensive trip because they've compared 
They have fallen victim to comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. And their comparison has them feeling inferior, less than, uh, incapable of these feelings they want. But we already have it all inside us, people. Remember that. For people that say, I'm unhappy. I can't convince myself otherwise like you do, Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> like, I can't convince myself. I can't deny that feeling of unhappiness. Tolle says, this is us resisting what had happened in the past. Because things in the past go the way we wanted them to. Sorry, typo. Didn't go the way we wanted them to. Things in the past didn't go the way we wanted them to. We are resisting what is, according to Eckhart Tolle. Hope will keep a person going, but it keeps you focused on the future, which apparently perpetuates your denial of the now and therefore your happiness, apparently. So remember, anytime someone says that, like, I just can't get out of the funk, I just can't convince myself to be happy, there is resistance still there. There's still some denial. Something in their life didn't go the way they wanted it to. Simple as that. There's parts of the book where someone asks questions. Someone says, is it true that my present life situation is a result of things that happened in my past? But it is still my present situation, and being stuck in it is what makes me unhappy. Tolly says, all feelings about your life are current thoughts, and current thoughts bring you to the present, and presence brings you peace. Boom. Focus your attention on the now, and tell me what problem you have in this moment. And again, when, when I say focus your attention on the now, totally wants you to meditate. He wants you to think about what you feel, hear, see, touch. Just the present things, your body. Your body's always present. When the mind wanders, your body is present. So focus your attention on the now. Tell me what problem you have in this moment. Usually there is not a problem when you think about it like that. And then you come out and you start jumping back into society where we've been given beliefs, forms, stories, and then boom, it's, you've created a problem because that your identity loves that. It feels alive. Totally believes that our problems don't exist outside our ego. We use problems as a way to cling to an identity. And I know I sound like a broken record now. This is the beginning of the book. It really drives this home. Like That is how we work. Ego, it allows our self-talk to avoid death. Or sorry, clinging to an identity allows our self-talk to avoid death. Non-identity means death to our self-talk. Tolly says when you create a problem, you create pain. When you crave no more pain for yourself, you eliminate pain for others. Pain, pain for others. You can tell the voice text there is not work. When you crave no pain for yourself, you eliminate pain for others. This is a great thought. This is such a good thought. Tolly says in life and death situations, the mind has no time to make a problem. This is why people do courageous deeds when there's an emergency. Their mind has no time to create a problem. When people have time to think of a problem, they paralyze themselves. They don't take any action. Again, this is the opposite when someone's in an emergency. Those people are not paralyzed in that moment whatsoever. Now I'm gonna completely quote this book. I really like this part. In a state of wholeness and peace, would we still be able or willing to pursue external goals? Of course, Tolly says. But you will not have a you won't have any expectations that anything or anybody will say or do to make you happy in the future. As far as life situation is concerned, there may be things to be attained or acquired. That's the world of form, of gain and loss. Side note people, form is like a table. 
there are a million tables in the world. Why don't we call them all different words, a million different words? But no, we all call them the same word. That's because the form is the table. Even though they're all different, the form is the table. Get on a deeper level and you're already complete. When you realize that there is a playful, joyous energy behind what you do. Being free of psychological time. You no longer pursue your goals with grim determination. Driven by fear or anger, discontent, and the need to be someone. Nor will you remain inactive through fear, failure, which to the ego is loss of self. When your deeper sense of self is derived from being, when you are free of becoming this uh, as, as a psychological need, yeah, when you are free of becoming as a psychological need, of, you know, like free of becoming, of wanting to just be new things and be new and strive. When, when you stop chasing, he says, uh, where am I? Yeah, okay. When your deeper sense of self is derived from being, you are free of striving. And when you're done chasing, Neither your happiness nor your sense of self depends on the outcome. And so there is freedom from fear. You don't see permanency where it cannot be found in the world of form, the world of gaining, the world of loss, birth, and death. Okay? He's saying where you don't see permanency is where you, is where you see form. Where, you, where there's permanency, there is nothing real, according to Eckhart Tolle. Real things were never created and they were never destroyed. They're just true essences. They never stopped. They have never stopped. They were never, they never began. It's like the space between the letters, right? It's the, they call that the, what is it? The between, what is that? There's a name, there's like a figure of speech for, yeah, between the letters, between the lines, that nothingness, that is real. That is permanent. Everything else is not permanent. If ever, if anything was created or destroyed, it is not permanent. Therefore, it's not real. Therefore, it can only cause your identity to cling. Therefore, it will take peace away. He says, don't demand the situation, conditions, places, or people to make you happy. Then you'll suffer when they don't live up to the expectations. Everything is honored, but nothing. What? Okay, folks, by the way, I, I was saying this via voice text, and I must have been reading too fast because some of this is absolute gibberish, but I can kind of make out what, what I was trying to say. Oh, no, okay, that's actually right. It, so that's the new sentence. Everything is honored, but nothing matters. You can honor everything, but it is not real. It doesn't truly matter. <laughs> that's so pessimistic, Eckhart Tolle. Holy shit. Forms, I just told you what forms are. Forms are born and they die. Yet you're aware of the eternal underneath the forms. That eternal that is under those forms, you're aware of it. You know nothing real can be threatened, and it's in you, that awareness that was never created, never destroyed, per se, philosophically. That can never be threatened. When that's your state of being, how can you not succeed if you haven't succeeded already? Because it's your decision if you're successful. Remember, that's up to you. And I hope you haven't been victim to the comparison game to tell yourself you're not successful. Now, if someone absolutely loves living their life in comparison and voids and lack, by all means, if that is bliss, uh, then keep doing it. Keep doing it. But when I say that, that's a projection of just a survival mechanism. Me saying, like, keep fighting that will to live. You know what I mean? Or not fighting the will to live. Like, keep holding on to that will to live is what I'm saying. If, if, if we keep saying just, like, seek the bliss, do what's happening, like, 
that is just us being animals. <laughs> okay, I'm going to wrap this chapter up in a few minutes. So I love this the most. He says, Forms are really just labels and definitions we've constructed and agreed upon with each other. That reminds me of the four agreements. And that really reinforces his statement that nothing real can be threatened. Like it really is true. Because we've constructed these beliefs and forms. You know, and that's why it's threatened. If someone created it, someone can destroy it. And that's where the threat comes. When no one created our true consciousness and awareness, and no one can destroy that, that we know of, depending on, I don't know, your beliefs and stuff, that there's no threat anymore. That's peace. Your awareness is the most peaceful tool you have. It's such a good tool to just be truly present and aware. Oh, it's amazing. Tolly says that it's all about establishing a peace, knowing that what's below all the definitions, forms, and labels, that that peace cannot be changed. And it just is. It just is. It's nothing but is. It's present. And th- this includes us beyond our thoughts and awareness of consciousness. So all this is nice. You think we we're, you think we're detaching by talking about this, but even just talking about this, we're still clinging to things. To be aware of this vessel right now, to be aware of my meat suit and my thoughts being projected out of vocal cords, just being aware of this—it's like you're you're a third person in a video game stepping away and bird's eye viewing a character. You are the character. You're just watching this all happen because of programming. Everything I'm doing right now is because of my past programming. I want to talk because of beliefs I have. I want to do this podcast because of beliefs and, and agendas I, I've been programmed to want. Like nothing's ours. We've been programmed to want everything we want. And I'm just watching this character unfold it. Right now, as I speak to you, I'm literally just this like third person outside my body watching all of this be projected. Projected from subconscious or just programming. Yeah, subconscious programming. And that's what he means when he says this is beyond our thoughts and awareness of consciousness. This deep essence, this true consciousness, this awareness. It's beyond all these words. It's beyond it. Uh, I'll spoil a little thing later. He talks about that when we use these words, true consciousness, awareness, it's a signpost. Just like when you go to the park, there's a sign saying the park. That sign is not the park, but it tells people they're in the park. The park is the park, but but you can't put that on a sign. The sign says the park, but the park is the true park, and only the park knows it's real. The sign just tells people it's the park. Just like my words are telling you what is a parasitic pain body, and my words are telling you what true consciousness is, but it is not true consciousness. It's just a signpost. Just like the park can't tell you it's the park. A sign has to tell you it's the park. And again, just a a last little reminder. Nothing real can be threatened. Can't be lost or gained when it's real. And for that reason, Tolley says you can be playful through life, joyful through life, and worry-free. When you strip the stories. Strip your stories, beliefs, labels, forms. Reminds me of a quote I heard in college that helped me during a really rough time there are no good things or bad things just things mindset is everything now i made some commentary here which is like i would like to think we can still strive for things however if we're unaware and we're just seeking egotistic mechanisms you know what i mean if we're just 
that, like I said, that zombie running through life, that's an issue. But if we're just having fun being aware of that programming and we're just watching our avatar go through a game, then why not? We can still seek out these things. Like I still have financial goals, but I, I well, even as I say that, like I don't identify with the word I, this is, this is just a programmed vessel of meat saying these things because of past people, past programmed meat suits programming me like past computers have just programmed this computer and I'm just aware of that programming. So I don't even identify as this person that wants these financial goals. This is literally just me being spit out of a machine, which were my parents, which which was the environment in London, Ontario, which, you know, it all, it all encapsulates the programming. And that's another, so to live life playful, also take nothing personal. That concept alone taught me that I have everything I ever needed. I always had it and I will always have it. Everything I've ever wanted and need, I always had. I have it now and I've always had it because of that just true consciousness, that peace. And I'll conclude with this because that's the end of the chapter. I hope you enjoyed. I was telling some friends and they were, they were, they literally think I'm a sugar off the deep end right now, but I was saying, let's say I'm homeless. I could have the same awareness and peace being homeless. I could be starving to death and dying and on my deathbed in the middle of an alley starving to death i could have that peace of acceptance because i'm just watching an avatar who was programmed so it just so happened my programming spit out this middle class dude looking to be comfortable and it's just about being aware and observing all of that all of those thoughts and feelings and that, that's not you just observe it like you're in a video game third person away from you know looking above your character hope you guys enjoyed take care have an amazing day and i really hope you get a little more present at peace and just disconnect from your meat suit and your thoughts take care I hope you guys enjoyed. For all my Yidden, Shabbat Shalom, Good Shabbos, and I hope you enjoy the next few days of gratitude. For um, all my Goyim, have a great weekend. Enjoy kicking back or schwitzing, depending on what gives you bliss and nachis. Take care, rate five stars, and review if you're on Apple Podcasts right now. Shalom Aleichem. Bye.